You're listening to the Short Shift Podcast, proud member of the Black and Gold Podcast Network. You can support the show by leaving a comment and five-star rating on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Player FM, Google Podcasts, or any of your favorite podcast platforms. Cynically acclaimed, incredibly online. And now your hosts, Thomas Nystrom, Andrew Johnson, and Ian Bonner. Enjoy the show. Folks, Short Shift Podcast, episode 59. This is Thomas Nystrom. I've got Ian Bonner and Andrew Johnson with me. Boys, this West Coast trip has started out pretty fucking nice. And we are, we've actually won five games in a row, including a couple games beforehand, outscoring our opponents 21 to 5. I, I got to ask you guys right off the bat something that jumped out to me when I woke up this morning and saw the score because I sure as fuck could not stay awake. To watch that that Kings game last night, it's just not possible for me. I think I was the oh, no Ian. You stayed awake too. Mm, oh yeah. I, I, not only did I stay awake, I then had another hour and a half of work to do after the game. Yeah. I got to bed at three thirty last night. Grind don't stop, buddy. And then I had to wake up at six thirty <laughs> to go to work. Yeah, not not <laughs> ideal. Not ideal. We're doing it again tonight. Yep. Yeah, we are uh, We are recording this just uh, about an hour before game time tonight, so we won't really be talking about the Ducks game because it hasn't fucking happened yet. But games that did happen, I got I to gotta say this. I was really looking forward to the Kings game, and I'm still looking forward to watching the replay when I have a chance. 7 nothing. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. But you look at that game, and then a few games ago, we played Colorado. Those are two teams that are pretty damn good, and we handed their asses to both of them. Is that a uh, a good look for us, or did we just catch these two teams on a bad night? I think it's a good look for us because in doing my research for the pod tonight, I came across a stat that blew my mind. The last two months of the season, we are 18-7-2, which is a 115-point pace. That is the best record in the Eastern Conference. I couldn't believe that. The only team better than us in that stretch is Colorado. I think I think we just might I, – I think our A game can hang with anybody. I don't think – I don't think we caught – we may have caught Colorado on an off night – 
we didn't catch the Kings on an off night. They were eight, one and one in their previous 10. Mm-hmm. And we peed on them. <laughs> I'm just not going to acknowledge it. I'm just not going to acknowledge it. In, in, nope. in, in elocuting that you're not acknowledging it, you have like already acknowledged it. No, nope, not acknowledging even that. Nope. Ian, keep Ian how'd you feel about the Kings game, dude? <laughs> I think that we caught them on a tough goaltending night. Quick is having a bounce back season, 9-13 over this season, although that probably went down. Um, I'll bet. Five goals on 19 shots. No, I, do I think that for both of those teams, there's a degree of, well, we got the better bounces? Sure. I think Colorado, yes, you absolutely just say, well, that's not Colorado's best. But in a seven-game series, I don't know if we beat Colorado. In a seven-game series, I think we kicked the shit out of the Kings because even with that game having the weak goaltending that they had, they did bring it to us at times, but the players kind of dominated in in large pockets of the game. And individually, I thought the way that they were attacking the puck and winning their one-on-ones, that was ridiculous. It felt like every time that there was a one-on-one battle, we came away with the puck. I was really impressed with a lot of players that, let's be honest, I don't usually shout out. Uh, I mean, a Forbort was, he had some actual weirdly tough moments in this one, but he's continued to be really solid. Riley on the top pairing was looking really good. I mean, I was really, I was really excited about some guys that I don't normally get excited about. And of course you had your big dogs show up along with the brusque. I mean, there was nothing to get upset about with that game. Mm. I think Carlo is in one of his best stretches of the year as well. Thank God. Yeah. Thank God. We need to see Carlo do something. And he really has been the basketball games. Mm. This is a really good stretch of games against some decent teams mixed in along with some not so decent teams. This was potentially, if we're going to do a West Coast swing, we're like, well, the Kings are probably the hardest team we're playing, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Avs came early, but that was before this little swing. I, and we crushed them. If we have a letdown tonight, uh, I will not be surprised. Let's just yeah. say that. Yeah. If we have a letdown tonight, I won't. I won't be surprised. I won't. I, I don't think I'll be too disappointed. I mean, yeah. If if that's not a dub, then you know it is what it is. But man, first three games of this one. The, the, the Kings game, especially the Kings do have the Kings have a lot of really good young players. That's how that's how a rebuild is done, by the way. If if anybody wants like a masterclass on how a re, how a four or five year plan is done, look at Los Angeles. Um, Byfield they, is going to be a monster. Six, five, 230 pounds playing down the middle and at 19 years old and all the skills he has. Yeah. For a guy that size, Mm. that is one scary ass player. I'm really excited about seeing what he does. I I don't hate the Kings. I'm not like a, there's not a lot of reason to, obviously, opposite sides of the the freaking world. This guy's going to be fun, a real fun career to watch. The only problem I had with the Kings is watching them try to orchestrate a five on three. Oh, my can we talk about that well, thomas doesn't even know what happened i don't think he saw the five on three right i've i've seen just like the uh condensed like eight minute highlight thing so i didn't really get to see too much of it Man. today was a hell of a day at work <laughs> you so going to the game the kings were bottom five in the league in both sets of special teams penalty kill and power play they're five on three power play for a minute 22 and they had to puck for most of it they were they had at points three guys sitting behind our net while the puck was up at the point like it was the weirdest 
unbelievable formation. I oh my god, I, I was, was actually getting 20, upset at them. There was a twenty second stretch where Kempe and Doty, Doty had Doty had uh, slunk to the uh, behind the net, and Kempe was at the slot, and they were just playing palm with each other. Mm-hmm. It was. They weren't even, they weren't looking off any defenders. They weren't trying to like, they weren't looking up and like trying to survey the ice. They were just playing catch. Yeah. The Bruins gotta, just let them. Got to boost those passing percentages. Yeah, mm-hmm. baby. <laughs> <laughs> that Kings game was fun, but we got to yeah. talk about the big part of the Kings game, right? Well, I think the, there's two parts and one mm-hmm. of them I want to touch on before we get into DeBrus because obviously he was the big part of it. Okay. Um, question from Army Bear on Twitter today. How is everybody feeling about Riley? Good. Him and Matt, he looks confident. I think just like Jake DeBrusque, a lot of his game is predicated on his confidence in his skating and his his um, spatial awareness. He's looked fantastic. And I think it's because he's comfortable with McAvoy behind him where he can kind of make some of his riverboat gambler plays and make them with more oomph rather than, oh, should I do this? Oh, I'm going to try. Oh, fuck. There's a 2-1 the other way. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I've, I've liked what, I've liked what Riley's done most of the season. He had that stretch, that two or three week stretch back in December where, and Ian, you can, you can, uh, you remember this. He looked awful. He looked I thought it was a lot longer than two or three weeks. I thought mm-hmm. most of the season, I really wasn't happy with him, but please continue. Yeah. I, 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 I've liked, I've liked what he's done for most of the season. But with McAvoy, do you want him playing top pairing minutes with McAvoy as we get into the stretch run? I mean, right now he's playing hot with McAvoy, but that's also saying like you're you're paired up with the best possible person. Right. So so yeah, like obviously he looks good right now. It, do I think that his play right now is going to dictate what we do or don't do at the deadline? Not necessarily because of the inconsistency. No. That we've gotten from Riley. You're you're saying that you haven't minded him for most of this season. I'm mm-hmm. the exact opposite. He's been either invisible or visible for all the wrong reasons. And for that reason, no, he's not the answer right now. If we can upgrade that position, we're upgrading it. He's he's better off getting bumped down a line because I feel like he can do similar things with Carlo if Carlo continues to play this well or or whoever he's going to be matched up with. I'm I'm maybe wrong with the. Uh, designations there but even to me who's been who's someone who's been a little warmer on riley than you guys i agree with that i if i if mike riley's playing top pairing minutes in game one of the playoffs i'm a little scared yeah i'm nervous but our best defensive pairing is grizz mac there's no debate there's no argument but we can't sit here and ignore and i know you guys aren't that's the reason we're talking about it that riley and carlo are playing their best hockey of the season paired with those guys riley's with mac carlo's with grizz if that's the answer right now, much like splitting up the the quote unquote perfection line, then then that's the answer you got to go with, right? Um, mm-hmm. I, I think Cassidy is now kind of maybe seeing the error of some ways where he's going, man. I wonder what happens if I had split these lines up just a little earlier, maybe mm-hmm. a year ago or so. Yeah, and it, look, that's a debate for future generations of us, but. If we're going to keep splitting the lines up and then pass around that talent and we have guys that can carry lines like that, I don't have a problem with it. It's just not the ideal situation because a Grizz McAvoy pairing is unbelievably dominant statistically. Mm-hmm. Riley McAvoy with Marshan Bergeron and DeBrusque on the ice against the Kings were 
incredible. They were untouchable. There was nothing going back against them, and they were completely hemming the Kings in. And it had very little to do with Riley, and it honestly not that much to do with DeBrusque if you watch the intangibles of the game. They were just very beneficiary to it. The only only goal, the only play where DeBrusque had the hand in it was the second goal where he was kind of trolling around, trolling around in the offensive zone, waiting for a Mikey Anderson cross crease pass. And then he just picked it off. That was such a terrible play by Anderson. It was. (laughs) DeBrus did earn all of his chances. I'm not saying he didn't. I'm just saying, if you look at how these plays were built, a lot of it came from the other guys, but that's usually how, you know, that's how lines work, right? You have one Mm -hmm. guy who's trying to be the trigger man. DeBrus gets to be that guy with Bergeron and Marchand. And mm-hmm. I think Riley gets to be that guy with McAvoy, and McAvoy is still putting the points up. Yep. Yeah. He set his career high in points now. Yes, he did. 34? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Confident. <laughs> <laughs> I am 7% sure. <laughs> I am 87% sure. Okay. But yeah, no, McAvoy's still getting the points. Uh, DeBrusque. Man, what can you let's 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 talk let's talk about Jake here. Um right before we came on here, there was a report that DeBrusque's agent has gotten permission to speak to other teams about an extension mm-hmm. for Jake DeBrusque that would potentially facilitate a trade. But with the way that DeBrusque is is producing now, where are you now? Is there any possibility that he stays? We talked about this on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, the idea of him being almost like our rental in the, in yeah, this sense. was before seven goals in five games. <laughs> yeah. So he's turned it up. I, I feel like with, with the new report of saying, okay, his, his mind hasn't changed. He still is looking for a trade. The agent is out there. He's willing to sign an extension to facilitate a trade. My only hang up about the idea of keeping him as a quote unquote rental uh, would be if a trade doesn't happen, if he gets disgruntled again yep. and if it kind of implodes a little bit, um, I still think it's, it's a shame. It, kids 25, he's had so much trouble here. Uh, putting it together and it seems right now he is but he's motivated mm-hmm. if he's motivated to get out of town what better time to trade him than what he's doing right now i still don't think he's going to get an amazing return if it's a one for one i don't think that's changed just because he's turned it on for a week or a week and a half but yeah i'm 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 not against the idea of keeping him but i do feel like that could potentially backfire in a negative way I am against keeping him because you just nailed exactly the point I wanted to make, which is he has spent years moving up and down this lineup, disliking the coaching staff more and more as it's happened. He gets placed on a top six role with the two best players on our team, ends up lighting it up for a few games, sits there and in his own mind, whether this is fair or not, goes, I could have been doing this for fucking years. Mm -hmm. And yet here I am just struggling to get minutes up here. Look, he's he wants out. And this is actually a great report for us because now we don't have the question of like, well, is he kind of changing his mind? He's clearly not. Yep. If he's willing to sign an extension, that means he's not buckled into the RFA rate. 
It means he's willing to rework the deal. A sign and trade or a trade where the other team knows that he's willing to take less money to earn his, you know, to earn his his keep back up, his status back up. That's better for the trade value. I'm not sitting here acting like he's going get, to get a big return either, but I don't want to keep him because I think if we go past that trade deadline, he is going to feel once again, like he's been ignored yes. and we are going right down the same road. I don't want to jump in with a lot. There's a lot of people saying some very mean things about, well, enjoy the current depressed because in two weeks, you're not going to see him anymore. And they're not talking about a trade. It's a little kind of rude way to say he's been inconsistent his whole career. Mm-hmm. This isn't something new. I love Jakey. I want him to succeed as a Boston Bruin. I no longer want him to stay on this team, though, because it's very, it, it's it's written in stone, I feel like. I am so confident that Thomas's point will come to pass if we hang on to him. I agree. Um, it's really hard, though, to watch a game like the LA Kings game and not be like, uh, maybe. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh. prisoner of the moment prisoner <laughs> of the moment occasionally but you know i i agree like this is a, a kid that is completely dictated by his own emotion and he wears them wears them on his sleeve and that'll probably end up happening if you know 3 p.m on march 21st comes and goes and there's no trade and Don Sweeney said we couldn't find we we couldn't find a the right partner. And then DeBrus is just sitting there like, I guess I'll just go fuck myself. And then he does for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. It's, Look, it's I, hard, I, we would feel hard. differently about this. We would definitely feel differently about this if if we didn't hear uh kind of reaffirming his desire to get off this team. If it was still kind of left in limbo, maybe we're not having this conversation or at least at this in the same mindset i guess but this is this is the hand that they're being dealt and it is up to sweeney to do the right thing not only for the player uh in his desire but for the organization going forward yes. whether it's a whether it's a, a a middle of the road draft pick or if he's part of a package to get somebody else with hopefully some term or something like that mm-hmm. his value is his value it's a lot better than the value that we were talking about when the first when we first heard that he was looking for a way out of town his trade value has changed. I don't know how how much it's necessarily necessarily changed, but we will definitely see a little bit of a an uptick in interest in him at the very least. Yes. He's fourth on the team in goals right now. Yeah, it's like <laughs> look, he's a good player. He's a good, talented player. It's just not always there, and that's the problem. Team, if there's anything that this organization has valued above all else, it's consistency. Mm-hmm. The only one who gets away with not being consistent on this team, you want to take a stab at that? Pasta. 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 He's mm-hmm. the only one who gets away with it because when he's on, yeah, he explodes. Holy shit! Yeah. It's just, it's just how this team looks at things. You're seeing it with Olmark right now, as they're going, no, Swayman's super consistent, man, and he's on a burner. But yeah. Olmark is going to keep fading into the background because Cassidy's going to look at a guy going, it's not just the numbers. His positioning stays consistent. He's controlling things better. And you look at Olmark, and I really like Olmark. But he's just not hes not built like that. You're going to see certain push with players who aren't consistent. Riley comes to mind. There's going to be moments where he's going to get punished for it. Mm-hmm. And he already the, has. And he already has. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to, to work with the Bresk. It didn't. And I'm ready to just 
just cut the cord right there. It didn't work. And if he goes on to have a great career, great. I'm happy for him. I'm not mad at him. That's no. I, I want to be most clear about that. I'm not mad at him. No, no I don't think anybody should. Like, obviously, I think, Ian, you said this a few weeks ago. It kind of hurts when a guy says, I don't want to play for the team you love. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That but, was his take. That was his take when we heard that DeBrus wanted off. Yep. That's right. And yeah, it hurts, but got to do me, man. That's, yep. that's, that's the main tenant here. He's got to do, he's got to do what's best for himself. And if that feels, if he feels that's away from Boston, then he's got to go. He's got to go. Yeah. And it'll be better for everybody in the long run. Yep. So you just touched on Jeremy Swayman. He's played 70% of the last 10 games. He's played the last, there's seven of the last 10 overall. Has it been mark. that many? Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, wow. Lighting it up. Basically, since he got sent down to figure some things out, because he was struggling a little bit before Tuca came back and he went down to the AHL, he didn't even really have that much success in his short time in AHL. He was kind of kind of average since he came back up he's a different fucking player mm-hmm. unbelievable player of the month which is awesome honor obviously uh when it comes to or for i believe it was rookie of the, the month right he's rookie of the month yep. yeah yeah mm-hmm. regardless honestly he should have been in contention for player of the month too I, I haven't seen who actually got that or not but he's the number one right now straight up we're going with the hot hand that's what cassie's gonna do what are your feelings on on going forward with him as the number one you, you want to hear a ridiculous stat for you analytics nerds out there? Goals saved above expected. Those are calculated through the season. Now, it's just Turkin has a ridiculous 31, right? In 34 games played. Jerry Swain with 24 games played has 14 goals saved above expected. He is ninth in the league, and he has about 10 less games played than almost everyone else, except for Huso in St. Louis, who's also having a ridiculous season. Swayman is locking it fucking in, boys. This franchise is blessed. We are <laughs> blessed. Goaltending galore. It's a beautiful thing. I am pumped that he's grabbing the number one job by the balls. We, we were talking about this. We're either of them going to be capable of it. And I said, I don't think either one's really going to jump out and grab mm-hmm. it. I think I might've been wrong too early to say it, but I'm really starting to feel like I might've been wrong. Do you want to, do you want another uh, simpler, not non-analytic, but a simpler stat? I like, yes, he leads the league in goals against average. Uh, Jeremy, goddamn Swayman. It is 1.95 goals against. <laughs> That's, that's that's for all season. That's not just like in the that's last like thirty days. Or all days. season. That's all season. Which is crazy. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> Damn, it feels good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the Oilers are seething. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, guys, give us one. Y'all got any of those goalies? Uh, he is also. <laughs> Fourth in save percentage in the league with a 929. He has a 929. He's fourth. There are some crazy performances going on in a season where we've seen some high scoring games. Yeah. 10 7. He's, I mean, he is going to place potentially if he keeps this up, he's going to place in, in Vezina voting. Yeah. Like not top three, but he's going to yeah. be on ballots as like number six. Yeah. I'm glad you didn't say that he's going to be Vesna contender. I'm glad you stopped short of that. It would take something stupid 
like a so Boucher, good. like a Brian, like a Brian Boucher shutout streak kind of thing. Yeah, just something unbelievable because you have Markstrom who's already at eight shutouts, yeah. uh, and then Shisterkin who's a nine four one on the season. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, would take, it would take a monumental trophy. collapse of those two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Shisterkin's winning. Shisterkin's winning the Vesna, and he's getting hard votes. I I firmly believe that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Huso. I don't know if I'm saying that name right in St. Louis because I haven't really watched any of St. Louis this year. It's, uh, it is. It is uh, Ville Husso. Yeah, he's pushed Biddington out of the net. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Uh, uh, <laughs> you fucking love to see that. Uh, I think Biddington looks nervous, folks. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yes. Uh, but he's having a crazy season, too. I mean, there's just like, some really great performances, and Swayman's right up there with him. Mm. Sorry, were we making a different point? I just wanted to gush over him for a little No, while. no, that's kind of what I wanted. I wanted a little bit of sway love on this. <laughs> Dude, did you break up with Stud and now you're dating Sway? I can date multiple. Yeah. I can I can date them all. Yeah. <laughs> Steen's in there too now. You guys, you guys kind of put us together blind date-wise, and now I'm all all over Steen. I miss Steen. I do yeah. that. weird orgy. Um <laughs> I mean yeah, I, I, I miss I, I miss Steen too. I feel like I'm definitely the one that brings down the overall like hotness level on that orgy, but uh, I'm glad to be invited. I'm really glad to be in the building for it. I'm, 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 I'm just, just happy I'm to be around. around. I brought donkeys. <laughs> Wait, maybe that's not a good way to start. The- Let's not get into the technical details of this uh, hypothetical orgy. Are we um, Are we going to have the Calder conversation again, or are we going to leave that alone? We all know. Everyone has that take now. I woke up this morning. Well, yeah. Everybody. Jack straight up just nicked your bit he took it mm-hmm. he stole it from me the bastard how dare he <laughs> it's just so obvious now though he, that he's that he's gonna make a real push at this if he continues it and there's too much ground to make up but if, if how you close uh, does he get? huh how close does he get uh man top three i think so he's a calder finalist i i think he can be i think that's the best case scenario yeah. i think he can be cider raymond Zegris or Bunting, depending on how they, they yeah. view that. Bunting's like a hundred years old in Calder. Twenty six, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 an old old gal, but that's okay. That's okay. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I'll I'll like I said, I'm glad you stopped short of of uh, of Vezina talk. Um, by the way, uh, shout out to you for the correction of your Vezina. And now this new Frodian, Frodian, Frodian. It's Jesper Frodian, something like that. I, I don't know how to say that name properly. I hate and, all of it. Uh, all of it I hate. Apparently, <laughs> it's not Zaboral. Someone just just tweeted me earlier today saying Zaboral is wrong. It's Z- Zuboral or something like that. But he, but but he says Zaboral is fine. So let's no, it's not. not fine. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I gotta get these right. Yeah, Ian's very sensitive to uh pronouncing last names correctly since his last name is Bonner. <laughs> Bonner. That's a pretty that's a pretty fair point. I didn't know that about myself, but I've learned. I just learned that today. Zabojal? Zabojal. Oh my gosh. Come oh, on, that, guys. Just have terrible. Why can't that add back to I'm sure fun. Tia will message us tomorrow. Hmm. Tia just enjoys this way too much. You hear that, Tia? <laughs> You enjoy this way too much. She does. She does. I asked. I asked earlier today. What do you guys want to hear on Short Trip? We're recording tonight. She goes just more shitting on Andrew. I'm like, great, yeah. good friend. We're gonna get there. I don't know yeah. why, but we will. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's not on the agenda or anything like that, but it just comes out so naturally. 
Uh, stick to the agenda boys i wrote it <laughs> yeah well let's let's move on to uh patrice bergeron uh i don't know which oh, one of you was yes. talking in in our group chat today about what he's pulling off go ahead so patrice bergeron is not only breaking personal records he's shattering them there was a tweet by jay fresh uh the the analytic god great account. Him, great, great account, account great account his Corsi 4 and his goals against per 60, he's shattering that record. I believe the, the goals against percentage is around 69%. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. And his previous high was 66. A 3% increase on that is fucking insane. Now, these stats are starting to come out now because, you know, the, the push for some of these trophies are starting to come out. We got writers who are already admitting voter fatigue for Patrice Bergeron. Jim Matheson of Edmonton has been the loudest of it. Him, he was advertising Elias Lindholm of the Calgary Flames. And I want to give, I want to, yeah, right. Yeah. Ian, Ian is, Ian is nodding his head in some kind of approval. <laughs> yeah, approval of what you're saying. Not quite the, the, the first. <laughs> so I want, so I'm going to, I'm going to pull up the tweet here. I have yeah. it in front of me. You do? Okay, why don't you read it? You read it. Oh, wait, uh, wait. which one? Matheson's tweet or the Jay Matheson's tweet? Matheson's tweet about how Bergeron's a hell of a player. I, I feel like he said the same thing last year, too, right? It Didn't was someone... him, Elliot Friedman, and Mark Lazarus. Those were the three big ones who were just be like, I, I'm just sick of voting for Patrice Bergeron for the Selkie. Fuck off. I just don't understand. I just don't get it. I just don't get it. I don't have that tweet in front of me. I was looking at the other statistics ones, feeling great about it. Did, did Matheson block me? Hold on. I can't find. <laughs> did Jim Matheson block you? I don't think so. I don't see why he'd have a reason to. I'm probably just misspelling his name, right? I mean, probably. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, there he is. <laughs> I got he block me, everybody. He didn't block me. We're fine. Yeah. Bergeron. Hell of a player, but there are other people in the NHL who check well, take face-offs, and are solid offensively and defensively, like Elias Lindholm in Calgary. First of all, the Selkie Trophy is for defense. <laughs> so I'd like to point out, he doubled down uh, later in the day by saying, nice to know I touched such nerve on Bergeron and Selkie. He is a Hall of Famer in waiting, but this season, other players, very worthy too. To Andrew's point, this season, the best percentages since 2007 in single-season 5v5 shots for percentage, in single-season Corsi for percentage 5-on-5, Single-season expected goals for percentage, five-on-five. Single-season Fenwick percentage for five-on-five. And each of those are by at least 2%, some of them by 4%. This is the best seasons in 15 years for these, for these analytics. But Matheson just goes, you know what? No. I am a great reporter. I am get to do whatever I want, whenever I want. I don't give a shit what anyone else's opinion is. And facts don't matter to me. 
I look. This I dude covered the NHL for forty see. years. Yeah, and now everyone's like, "Well, he he covered the NHL for forty years." Yeah, and now he's senile. Fuck off. No, this is the That's same really guy. This is the same guy who asked me on Drysaddle why he's so pissy. Yeah, no, he's completely losing his credibility and stuff like this. Look, I know we're biased. We want Bergeron to keep winning this award. I know that. But when you look at all of the advanced statistics and then you do your eye test and Bergeron's still your guy, no matter where you're looking, maybe Bergeron's the guy. Mm -hmm. And maybe having stupid takes just for for clicks makes you, I don't know, not the fucking guy. That's it. That's my whole rant. Also, shut the fuck up, Matheson. That's it. That's that's my rant. Yeah. Yeah. Why are you so pissy? And because he's an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, but but here's the. I, I think there's kind of an overarching point here that needs to be addressed. This shows. This shows that the PWHA voting on these awards is an antiquated process that needs to be gotten rid of, because you're not voting on the best. If this is what you're doing, what was Mark Lazarus's famous line last year? There are other two way forwards in the game. Not mm -hmm. better than Bergeron. Yeah. yeah. See, I don't think you need to take away um, the actual voting process because I think there are years with narratives and such that do affect the vote. And sometimes yeah. I think that's a good thing where certain narratives affect the vote, where it's not just statistics based and, and whatever. That being said, they need to start bringing the hammer down. It needs to be an absolute um, blanking on the word, uh, an absolute honor. It needs to be an honor to be able to choose who wins these awards. And you need to bring the hammer down when people have stupid takes like this. If Lazarus has that take last year and all of the analytics and you look at his card and just go, wow, you are out of here. Like, Look at all the other voters and what they did. And you are so far off. Look at the analytics. You're so far off. Look at the gameplay. And you're so far off. They should be able to just go, you don't get a vote anymore. Boom, gone. And you don't get that back. You never return to the fold. As soon as you lose a vote, you're done. Yeah. Lazarus That's what I think they need to do. Part out loud because he's hardly the only, this proves he's hardly the only one. That yeah. that. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I think you should have obviously public voting. It should not the public. I mean, everyone should see what, uh, who you voted for at what level. Mm -hmm. And then there should be at least a committee of some sort or the other writers get to look around in a room and go, you voted for fucking Lindholm number one. Well, why? <laughs> like find one good argument. Like that's the kind of stuff that you just go, I, I don't know what you're doing. Like, you're trying to make it about you and you're being what? contrarian for the sake of it. Yeah. God, what an ass. <laughs> I'm just so annoyed by this stupidity. They're like, hey, look at me. I have a vote. Like, we know you have a vote. You also suck at it, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. I love Matt Ian. Yeah. I'm like, now I'm like legitimately upset. <laughs> Fuck that guy. It's St. Patrice, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have nothing to add to that. Thomas, no. do you have anything? No, I was just enjoying listening, to be honest. <laughs> I'm pretty I'm like sure sweating. I had a few yeses in there and that was pretty much it. I'm literally sweating. It's fun. <laughs> I'm not going to fight Matheson if I ever see him, but 
It wouldn't take much to get me there. <laughs> one I one wrong for, I voted for Elias Lindholm. He's in a pool of blood on the sidewalk. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Lindholm is like, I, I do like Lindholm as a player. Uh, yeah. He is also a good hockey player, Matheson. You're right. He's also good. Just not even close to what Bergeron's doing this year. Not, just not even close. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. I think I think we covered everything on that one. I yeah, think so. I think we're good on that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Ian. I, I I knew I knew you would swoop in and just fucking kill that. Just get angry. Yes, of <laughs> course. I'm glad I could. Wait till I'm angry at you guys for number eight. <laughs> <laughs> well, listeners uh, don't know, but I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's let's move on to uh standings. It looks like uh it looks like Andrew p- kind of posed the question here. If we think that uh, the Bruins hot stretch basically since the new year, since, since the layoff, basically the Christmas, the Christmas layoff, Christmas the COVID. Bruins. Yeah. The Bruins have been arguably, well, not even arguably like statistically the hottest team in the Eastern conference. You're posing the question if, or if we think that the Bruins can catch Toronto, Tampa, whoever, I still see fourth place. I'm not, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility, and uh, it's definitely going to give us something to watch and follow for the rest of this regular season. But I do think that's still a tough hill to climb. I yeah. think that's fair. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with them. I think it's only six points, but that is actually, that's a lot of points at this stage of the season with really good teams ahead of you. Uh, I think other than Florida, who's lost three in a row, Tampa's mm-hmm. won four in a row, Toronto won three in a row, we've won five. That kind of stuff's not going to stop. I picture fourth. And let's be honest, uh, if I can kind of veer this a little bit, there is not a single team, not a single team that you meet in the first round other than Washington, who is the only one who might fall out of the picture right now. There's not a single team you see in the first round. You're like, great matchup for us. (laughs) This is a gauntlet in the East. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. And, and yeah. Dude, I I want to get inside the heads of the Caps trip boys, seeing how seeing how they feel right now because they're they're still kind of firmly in there. They're firmly in that eighth spot, but they're sort of teetering on the brink right now. It looks like they still have a hell of a lead, ten points. They do. Uh, Columbus has two games in hand. Columbus had a chance here, and they've been losing a couple games in a row. I don't see Detroit making the push. That's an even bigger gap. It's so unlikely. But to, to your point, bad. to your point, though, to your point, we are in this incredible stretch where we are for the last two months. We've been the best team in the Eastern Conference objectively. Sure. Yes, we have gotten one spot up on the standings. Yeah, one. We are now the first wild card. Yeah, <laughs> I. I also don't think we stay the hottest team for the second half the whole time. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to have a tough stretch. I mean, we just got out of a little tough stretch. I don't see us far away from having another, oh, we lost three of four. That happens. I mean, we're not we're not going to finish the game with 15 regulation losses like the Avalanche or whatever glorious shit they're doing over there. It's just not what this team is, especially as a regular season team. And yet we're one of only, I believe, a couple of teams that hasn't gone that hasn't gone more than two consecutive games without a point. All season. Have we not? I'm pretty sure. Oh, man. Yeah. We're winning the cup, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Plan the uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it's. I think, I just think that we, as fans, sort of 
live and die with every result that sometimes it's hard to see the forest through the trees. So like, I agree. I think that I think Tampa and I think Tampa and especially Florida, I think Florida's going to figure it out. Like you said that Florida's lost three in a row. That's not going to last. Yeah. Um, Tampa, we play Tampa pretty well. We've played them pretty well this season. We've got two more matchups against them. Two more oh, against uh, Toronto as well. And I oh, think let's one, go. I think one more against Florida. Oh, let's go. This is how, how do we only play Toronto once until the end of March? Do you know what's Stupid even scheduling. crazier? Yeah. Do you know what's even crazier? We have all those games against top competition in like our conference, uh, our division, and we have statistically like the fifth easiest schedule in the remaining of the year. Like our first half was actually brutal when you go back and look at it as far as winning percentages. Now that yeah. varies throughout the year, obviously, because things change. Not so much in the East, though. We still have some real teams to play, but we still have a lot of cannon fodder in front of us, too. Yeah, just don't play down to it. No. Which they haven't somehow. I mean, Seattle, sure, I guess that one was a little weird. I thought the San Jose game was a decent one. The 3-1 finish kind of needed to pull away at the end there. But I, I was pretty happy with the effort we got there. Um, well, then obviously maybe, the maybe in the last like week or so, but I think like the totality of this season, I feel like we've played down to competition Way oh too yeah. many times. Yeah. We have. Yes. We have. I was we are twenty-two-six and one. This, we are 22-6-1 and this year against non-playoff team. Yeah. The difference being is we play down to them, but we are still a team that knows how to win those games. Except for right. that one weird two-week stretch where we just could not hold a lead to save our dicks. But mm-hmm. it, uh, it, yeah, Thomas, you're right. We have played down earlier in the season pretty severely on some of these. Mm-hmm. Do you think that changes what we do? Do you think this kind of stretch? changes anything about what you want from the trade deadline. And this is more towards Thomas because Thomas, you had some interesting points about what you wanted to see from the trade deadline. So when I, when I said that, I think you're referencing a couple of weeks ago when I was very down on this team and did not want to see us sell or excuse me, go go out in and be buyers for rentals. I still am firmly against rentals I think you um, said because, mindful selling or there yes, was something mind, like that. Mindful selling is is kind of where I'm at. I think I tweeted that if I'm not mistaken, but mm-hmm. I'm I'm still kind of on that on that boat. Uh I just don't think that this is a Stanley Cup caliber team. Uh even even with how hot they are right now, just because of just the fucking mountain that's ahead of us in just our conference. Mm-hmm. Like we have to get really, really hot, be really, really healthy, and get a little bit lucky to get over a couple of these teams seven game series against Florida, whether they're playing well or not is going to be hard mm-hmm. playing a, playing a seven game series, potentially against a team like Toronto. Very, very hard, very talented team. I I'm just a little bit nervous about going out, going for rentals, like anything that we pull back needs to have terms. So my opinion of what we do at the deadline still hasn't changed. I still don't think we have enough to go out and get the big fish. And we're going to dink and dunk a little bit uh, at the deadline to try to improve the team, put us in a better position. But I still, I think as a fan base, uh, we need to temper expectations for the deadline. I think that's fair. I am still on the hurdle train. <laughs> not, I mean, I'm not saying that I wouldn't love it. It's going to take so fucking much to actually so accomplish fucking it. Much. And, and is it, it worth- has to be a sign trade. Has yeah. to be a sign trade. Yeah. And even um, even still, it's going to handicap this this franchise going forward for a couple of years at least. Unless we pull some magic out of our butts, which I, I'm going to believe in just because I like to. 
it, it's not. I really agree with you that it's not a a trade deadline that we're heavy buyers. I think what you said about us being lucky or needing to be lucky to get through a couple teams, because I kind of want to pose this question to you, but I don't want to get away from what you guys are asking. Kind of gun to your head, who, who comes out of the East? Because wouldn't every team basically need to get a little lucky to win some of these series, no matter how good they are? I mean, look at what, what even just the Atlantic, look at what Tampa and Florida are doing through this regular season. It's nutty. I feel like any one of the four could potentially go on a run. It's just going to be who's mm-hmm. hottest and who has the best goaltending. I mean, that's, money that's what it is every Tampa. year. Yeah. Yeah. But more so, it feels like this year where there are four just really strong teams. Although the Atlantic has stayed that way for a little while. You look at the Metro, same fucking problem, except for whoever gets whoever gets the number one seed in the East is loving their first round matchup against the Caps. It's looking like right now. Yeah. And then on the West, you just go. I mean, I don't know who's coming out for the complete opposite reason is, I mean, I have the superpowered abs, but then everybody else is just a conglomerate and the abs keep failing in the second round. Yeah. The abs are, the abs are the mid, the mid teens, uh, Washington capitals until proven otherwise. Mm-hmm. I, I would say they're the, the weirdly Toronto West, uh, because they just can't just, they're just doing it one round later. They've won a round. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say, they're they're just doing it round later though. <laughs> yep. And we still don't know what we have in like teams like the wild and all that stuff, but mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting out there. Like, honestly, the West is super interesting for the exact opposite reason where it's just like, it really is going to be a team who just gets hot. Whereas with the East, it's going to have to be a mix of a bunch of things, getting hot, being healthy, and being able to just match up against whoever you're playing mm-hmm. in a seven-game series, but Stanley, that's the NHL playoffs are the best time in the fucking sports calendar. Oh, yeah. Period. Obviously, oh, we're biased yeah. because this is a hockey podcast, but like, there really isn't anything better. There really isn't. And this this year, I want to fast forward to it just because I'm so excited to see it. Mm-hmm. The first round's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, and to to your point uh, earlier, not to your point, to your question, the big move is Jake DeBrusque getting moved. We need to find someone else to be on the top six. Yeah. That is your, your lateral move where you hope you get the better side of the deal. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's me actually answering that question rather than just torpedoing it and talking about what I want to talk about, which I do way too often on the podcast. <laughs> we, I still, I still want to see defensive help before offensive. Okay. Uh, but saying that that's kind of been my stance for the whole season but at the top it's of this podcast, the last two seasons, basically, yeah. But I'm just, I just, I would rather shut down teams than fucking need to score six, seven goals a night. You know what I mean? But having said that, at the top of the podcast, I did mention that in the last or in this stretch of uh, wins, we're outscoring teams twenty-one to five. So, mm-hmm. so the offense looks good. Defense looks extremely good. Like maybe we don't need to tinker, but any improvement on the defensive end is always welcome for me. Yeah, man, these are gonna be the longest three weeks. If they really are, man. I have a feeling they're gonna fly by. Actually, I have a feeling this is. Are about you just to, being a Jim Matheson right now, Ian? I, I have a feeling this is about to really pick up pace, and we are. I mean, we're gonna have plenty of games to talk about, and before we know it, look, we have to plan a trade deadline pod. That's where we get in trouble. This is why it's gonna fly by. Is we need to sit down and actually do this. And it's going to be the week before the deadline. And we're all going to be like, shit, we haven't actually done our deadline pod yet. I haven't done enough research. It's going to be frantic. It's going to be great. I'm very excited. <laughs> do a trade deadline pod and then do a trade deadline review afterwards. Oh, I'm so excited for the review. It's going to be so 
uh, disappointed. We yep. always have huge dreams about what the trade deadline is going to be. And it's just, bad. I think I'm going to be the only one not disappointed because I've been saying temporary expectations for fucking yeah. weeks now. <laughs> yep. If we don't walk away with at least three superstars, I am livid. Speaking so, of Thomas Hurdle, Jay, oh, shit. No, you're good. This is, I was, I was going off on a, uh, a random thing. The Jets were leading 4 0 10 minutes into this game. They are now 25 minutes into this game, and it's 4 4. The Montreal Canadiens came right back. <laughs> Canada is a mess. What are they doing up there? <laughs> They're torpedoing their first pick. I got to text Searle, see what he thinks about this. Recording while watching games is so much fun. It's so great. So so uh, the Jets are selling. Anybody from there you want? No. (laughs) That's not true, actually. (laughs) I could probably find a trade. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I could find a trade in every single team. But they basically gave us four more, and I'm mad at them for it, even though we signed them as a free agent. All right, before we wrap this up and get into predictions, I've been staring at this one on the agenda the entire time because it's confusing as fuck to me because I didn't watch the game. Please explain the fire alarm to me. (laughs) Oh, Andrew, go for it. So about midway through the third period of a tie game, the fire alarm goes off in the Watertown studios where Jack and Brick are calling calling the game. It's 2-2. It's 11 minutes left in the third. They have to evacuate the building and switch <laughs> broadcasts to Seattle's broadcast. Yeah. What a fucking dog and pony show. Mm-hmm. And this has kind of facilitated talk of, you know, what is Nesson doing? Like, I understand the reasoning behind why they weren't traveling for this year, but we're kind of on the verge of this becoming endemic you can lift this travel ban travel this is all about cutting money yeah, john henry all, this just, is all money john henry just bought a fucking team and he owns i believe he owns majority of nessa let him go let him travel let him actually call the game on the ice as opposed to staring at a monitor and listening to Jack Edwards funnel about 15 times a night because he doesn't know who the fuck has the book. It's just, it's just when you have to kick it to the other broadcast because of some fuckery with yours, <laughs> that is so much more trouble than cutting a few bucks is worth. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jack has not held back from sharing how how much he can't fucking stand it. But yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I honestly, I I think you're probably onto something. I do think that this is going to continue. It's all financial, unfortunately. It is. It kind of is what it is. There's not really much anybody's going to be able to do about it at this point. It comes down to the network. It comes down to the bosses. But if it it's works gonna, and it's and it's less money, that's that's what they're going to do. It's going to suck when there's a road playoff game and Jack and Brick are calling it from the studio. Yeah. Yep. Ian, your uh, thoughts? Look, I'm all for criticizing them for being cheap assholes. It hasn't really affected me at all. No. If I'm going to be honest, like I haven't really felt that massive of a difference. And I don't really know why that is. I think Jack's kind of a psycho, whether he's in the building or, or not. 
which I'm not, I'm not a Jack hater by any means. So that's not really an insult. I, I, I'm kind of indifferent. I feel for Jack and Brick because I think they have earned the right to travel with the team. They deserve the respect that comes along with that. So I am all in with you guys on this is bullshit. But if we're going to talk about my enjoyment of the game, it has very, very little difference. I think part of that is because as as Bruins fans, we're also capable of kind of tuning Jack out to a good a certain degree. We kind of yep. yeah. molested. Yeah. Brick said it. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. it. I uh, couldn't believe that it was Brick. My boy, what happened? I think you I lost a, a bigger, bet. Straight I up a, lost a bet, dude. <laughs> I am a bigger Brick fan than I am a Jack Edwards fan. And I love I just, Brick. He knows what he's I'm, talking about. I there. really like Brick, too. I do. I do. Now for oh, the next game, Brick's going to say Pete on him. I would <laughs> Ah, livid anger <laughs> red flashing let's jump into predictions <laughs> let's jump into predictions huh let's so jump we, into prediction no i'm taking not, the floor this you know, is a dictatorship ahead. this is tyranny <laughs> these uh, sons of bitches <laughs> are robbing me they're changing the rules as they see fit no longer will we stand for such injustice short shift listeners i have won this week and they're telling me I gotta wait. I gotta wait until the Ducks game is over. Do you know what happened last time? We did it a little early, and there was another game to go. We just rolled it over to the next week. They're picking and choosing because they're scared of low qual. I get it. I get it. But we need to raise our voices and stand against this injustice. All right, let's go to predictions. First of all, the fact that you did that piece to camera with your with your looking straight at the camera kind of scared me a little bit. <laughs> Second of all, you still haven't won. So, all right. <laughs> I think I should. I Like, getting the shutout right, I think I still have a pretty good chance of winning this one. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. So. Yeah, you're in, You're certainly in the you're driver's definitely- seat for it. So. <laughs> but if yeah. I lose, oh, I'll be so mad. I, oh, I like to win. I don't like to lose. I've been doing too much losing lately. All right. So, anyway. so we've already got the predictions now for the Ducks. Uh, from last week's pod. So let's move on to Thursday, Saturday, and Monday. We're at Vegas because why not stay out on the West Coast for a little bit? 9 p.m. game on Thursday. Oh, man, I can't wait till these games are over. <laughs> Andrew, what do you got for Vegas? Uh, I have a 3-1 loss. Um, Vegas is a tough out, especially at, what do you call it, medieval times? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't see, I don't see, um, I don't see a win. I don't see a dub. 3-1 loss. For some reason, I have such a hard time calling this a loss. Like, I really feel like I should say it's a loss here. Just statistically, we're going to lose a few soon. But I'm going to go with another dub. I'm going to say a, a 5-3 hard-fought dub where we actually see an empty netter. Yeah, I have a 3-2 dub. Okay. All right. Oh, man. So we'll, I feel like I'm on we'll an leave, island here. Yeah, you'd, we'll just leave Andrew out there on that island. Then we go to Columbus because <laughs> we're going to fucking crawl our way back across the country. I've got a 5-1 win here. Wow. Yeah, Big I win. think I think we're going to finish this road trip uh, emphatically. And uh, and I, I got 5-1 in Columbus. I got 4-1. Okay. 4-1 dub. I like Columbus, but... We're 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 almost home, so we, we gotta get through them to get home and we're gonna kinda kick the shit out of them a little bit. So four one dub. I think we're gonna go out in the town in Columbus, 
party city. I think we're going to be a little tired for the game, like the Soviets in the 1980 Miracle Game. <laughs> and uh, I think that's going to be a really, really annoying loss. 3-1. Oh, God. Yeah. I think that's going to be a really frustrating one. For they're going to they're gonna party with Lorai out there? and uh... <laughs> Yeah, they are. Yeah, bring him down. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> He's basically a man at this point anyway. I like that Columbus team. I know that they've, they're a little streaky, but um, mm-hmm. I really do. They're a lot of, I think they're a lot of fun. Yeah, I think they're better than the Islanders. <laughs> I forgot about thanks that. For that. Thanks, for that. thanks for that. Thanks for that little, that, little, uh, that little glare there, Thomas. I see you. It happens. They still have four games in hand on them, but the lead is still seven points. Yeah. Mm. Just win all four. That's all I got. That was that was looking better a week and a half ago for you, uh, for you. Andy. Yeah. Well, the um, Anthony Staple has reported that the Islanders have gotten the gotten the green light to start selling off some pieces. So, I don't think Columbus is doing that right now. No, they aren't. No, they aren't. So, I think I think I'm going to owe Thomas more drinks. I mean, what's it to you at this point, right? Yeah, it doesn't in, even fucking matter. In for a penny, right? <laughs> Jesus. <No. laughs> uh, all right, so then we get back home. Los Angeles. An angry Los Angeles coming back over. What do you got, Ian? Uh, I have a ass-kicking of epic proportions, but it's not all that epic. It is a uh, th- four to two win. Right? I, I, think, I, think the, I think the Kings come in and they're pissed because their their pride was hurt the other night. This should be. Yeah, absolutely. But we're still a better team than them. I can't believe I'm doing this. Back-to-back shutties on the Kings. 3-0. 3-0 shutty. Let's go. Let me ask you something. When no. you predict a shutty, <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel way more confident when Swayman is in net and you predicted a shutty? Uh, yes, because how many has Allmark had? Remind me, remind me. I think that's a goose egg, my friend. Yes, uh, <laughs> Thomas, what do you got? I got three one win. Nice. So I'm I'm all wins. Oh, hell yeah. I like that. I like that confidence. I wish I had that. And you know who we have right after that for, for predictions next week? Two games against Chicago and one against Arizona. Oh, let's go. That better be a good week. This is a good stretch, man. Like, if we can even, out of these three games that we just called, if they even get two of these wins, we're in such good fucking shape. This West Coast, we talked about this on the pod, this West Coast trip was so important, so important, and a chance to gain ground. Look at what they did. They did exactly what we said that they would do. Yes, you got to beat the Ducks tonight. Hey, actually, you predicted a loss to the Ducks, 4-2. I did. Yeah, so it might not, the streak might not go to eight games, but we'll see. If if they win, it's going. It's going. It's going all the it's way. It's going, baby. It's going all the way to, all the, way to the cup. We are not gonna lose another game. Yeah. We are going 16 0 in the playoffs once we get there. This is Cup City. Let's fucking go. Swimming for Con Smythe. I got- would un mm, I would have such last more than four hours. I don't know, man. <laughs> Woo! If Swayman would have gone, you'd be walking like would... you'd be walking like me if that happened. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you would notice no difference, but I would know there's a difference. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh boy, <laughs> this, this took a turn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys, uh, you guys got anything else? I have a quick question. Okay. Uh, so I am. This is totally selfish. 
I was thinking about taking the scores off of my titles for my YouTube videos because I realize I've now been spoiling. Someone tagged me this morning, told me I'm spoiling, like oh, no. the thumbnails are spoiling the scores for people when they watch it the next day. <laughs> I feel really <laughs> terrible about that because there was a little kid that got spoiled too. Yep. Uh, so I might, uh, I, I'm wondering what you guys' thoughts are on that. Should I just take I, them out? I, I would say take them out. Yeah. I would say, because if, if one person said it, 10 people are thinking it, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I would say no, because, you know, other... You're just cold-blooded other... like that? Yeah, exactly. He's Fucking guy. avoid it. <laughs> avoid it. Watch the game first, little little one. Uh, no. Well, actually, it was a really nice compliment. He's like, I mean, he watches all your videos as soon as they come up, so it's the first thumbnail on YouTube that he sees. And I was like, oh, that's... That's such a nice thing to say, and I'm- You ruined the score, you piece of shit. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm abusive, that's what it is. <sighs> well, that's it for us. Uh, again, thank you guys for listening. If, uh, if you do not follow or subscribe to the podcast, please go ahead and give us a follow, subscribe, rate, review, the whole deal. That's what helps us uh, kind of grow in the rankings. Uh, thank you for the shout outs on Reddit too, guys. Yes, we see those. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh. A lot of a lot of positivity around around the podcast lately. Much appreciated. All our loyal listeners that are always interacting with us on Twitter, please continue to do that. We fucking thrive on that shit. <laughs> I love you guys. I love you guys. I love you. <laughs> uh, I love you. Uh, no, let's watch this. Uh, let's watch this. This Bruins team kick the shit out of the Ducks. Let's, let's go. Let's do it. Go bees. Go bees.